On today's Visual Studio Toolbox, April joins us to give us an overview of the Power Platform, and we start to explore how Visual Studio developers can join the fun. Hi, welcome to Visual Studio Toolbox. I'm your host, Robert Green, and on today's episode, we're going to start our look at the Power Platform, and April Dunham is going to join us. Hi, April. Hey, Robert. How are you? Pretty good. Happy to be here. Happy to have you. So this is the first in a three-part mini-series on the Power Platform, um, which I think a lot of people have heard about. I've certainly seen about it, heard about it, maybe watched a keynote demo or so. But I keep hearing these phrases like no code and citizen developer and easy. And you know, as a .NET developer, Visual Studio guy, my first thought is, well, oh, this is no code. <laughs> what role do I play? Um, and the answer is there is a role for Visual Studio and .NET developers in the Power Platform. Um, and I think it's a very important one. And what we want to do on this series is, is direct this at .NET developers and explain to them what the Power Platform is and where they can fit in. Um, and so we're going to do that in these three episodes. Episode one today will just be an overview of the Power Platform. Uh, with April. Next week, Greg Hurlman will be on to do a more of a deep dive and show how to build apps that include web APIs that are written by .NET developers. And then in our third and final episode, we're going to do a one-hour live uh, show where we actually build a web API that is then consumed in Power Platform apps. Um, and so I think uh, you guys, uh, people watching this, just kind of watch these and really understand. Um, I don't think we're necessarily breaking any new ground, but we're approaching this from kind of the .NET developer inside instead of the you know business side building up. Same content, just a different spin on it. And hopefully at the end of the three episodes, um, you guys will say, oh yeah, that's something I definitely want to do. And now I know how to get started. That's the goal. <laughs> and with that, you're up. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So thanks. Thanks for having me. This is something I'm super passionate about as a .NET dev and SharePoint dev myself that got into Power Platform and kind of sharing that story of how, you know, we like you said, we often hear the Power Platform talked in terms of being no code, low code. So, you know, where do we as uh, pro devs and .NET devs fit into this? So um, actually, I'm going to share a, a screen here, um, a slide deck that I have that shows a really good visual of this whole story, the holistic story of the Power Platform and what it has to offer. So just kind of setting the stage here. So when we talk about the Power Platform, if you haven't really dug into it a lot, uh, we have four main products that we can use that are part of the platform. There's Power BI that you might have heard of for you know, dashboards and reporting. We have Power Automate, which is kind of the glue where we can do some workflow automation and even robotic process automation. Power Virtual Agents is one of the newest features of the Power Platform for building low-code chatbots. And then Power Apps, probably one you might have heard talked about a lot in some capacity with you know, traditional developers, because that allows us to build low-code applications. So those are the components of the Power Platform. But what really makes it powerful is the fact that, yes, it can tackle those no-code and the low-code scenarios for citizen developers, but there's a great code-first 
pro-dev integration story with extensibility points that we can leverage for this. So it's all about really increasing your efficiency as a developer and letting you focus on what you actually want to focus on. So you don't have to worry about the UI, for example. You can focus on building that .NET API or whatever um, that you're trying to build in the back end and all of that, and let citizen developers handle some of that front end stuff and tackle these things together. So you um, get to own like the data logic, the business logic, the data layer, and not have to do list boxes and grids anymore. Exactly. So that that's <laughs> it's it's all about making your life better and easier and letting you focus on what you really care about. And cool. really, you know, what this ties into is the whole concept of fusion development. You might have heard us talk about that a lot here lately. It's nothing that's really new. Fusion development teams have been around a while. I think um, what's the stat there? About 84% of companies have some kind of fusion development team in them. Uh, so it's really all about IT pros, devs, and low-code developers, citizen devs, whatever you want to call them, working mm -hmm. together to create software faster. So there's something in this truly for everyone. So you can have those low-code devs that know the business process and the solution, what they're trying to solve really well, get in there, be able to determine the requirements and what's actually needed in the software that you need to build, and even do a prototype of the UI and how they want it to look. And all you have to do as a developer is help bridge the gap in some of the planning and security and being able to pull in data, for example, say from internal systems, um, APIs that you might have and facilitate that extension and integration. So it really makes the process very user-friendly, collaborative, and helps everyone focus on what they actually care about. Cool. Yep. Uh, so yeah, so there's that the metric there about 84% of companies do have these fusion teams. Like I said, so so many benefits of embracing this fusion development approach. Um, so an example of how this could work in action. So I really want to focus here on Power Apps because that's the application development standpoint to uh, use for the Power Platform. You know, the ability for an end user to be able to come forward with these requirements that you want to solve. Having a citizen developer build that front end in a power app. And then if you need, like I said, to integrate data from one of your legacy or an internal systems, being able to go plug in as a pro dev, add in that functionality and be able to have this, the seamless process. And, and how we do that plugin is with something that Power Platform offers called custom connectors. So custom connectors. So that's a way a connector is something in the Power Platform that they have, which is just a wrapper around an API that lets us communicate between services and the Power Platform. So it's one of the things that really makes building applications on the Power Platform so easy because we have about 500 different built-in connectors that we can just plug and play right now. So these are services like Microsoft services you might expect, SharePoint and all that, um, but other services like third-party SaaS services like Box and and um, Salesforce and all that. Um, we even have the ability with the connector model to plug into on-prem data with an on-prem gateway and to be able to develop and register your own custom connectors to build building blocks for citizen developers. So if you have an API, maybe you want to be able to extend a legacy application that you have, and it's been in the backlog forever to add some additional functionality or screen to it, what if you could just expose that API in a custom connector and let your citizen devs 
consume that information and build out a simple, you know, three screen power app to connect to that data, right? Saves you a bunch of time. All you have to do is just make an API that you already have built really available and you can do so much more with it. So if I have a simple web API that talks to SQL Azure, for example, would I connect that to the power app or would I just let the power app talk directly to SQL Azure? Well, I mean, you can technically do both, you know, power, um, that's one of those 500 connectors that the power platform offers as a connector to Azure SQL. So right. you could do that. Um, but if it's you know, so any other restful API that you have that maybe um, doesn't talk with Azure SQL, maybe it's stored somewhere else, whatever it might be, and you want to be able to interface with that API, you can just register it as a custom connector to your service to be able to have that building block. And the cool thing about that is, is you build this connector once and you mm -hmm. can use that same connector in a logic app, which is what Power Automate's actually built on top of Power Apps and Power Automate. So you can use it for workflow scenarios, logic app scenarios, and application scenarios and Power Apps. And then can I hook it into Power BI? Is Power BI considered a Power App? Uh, yeah, you can have Power Apps embedded in Power BI. So yeah, kind of by, by that design, we, we could integrate that all in there. So kind of what's going on behind the scenes with the connector model, just to, to level set that, is you have the connector itself, which is really what knows your web API and the operations and the host details and all of that. But when a user goes to use your connector inside, say, of a workflow in Power Automate or an application in Power Apps, they create a connection to your connector. So that's what has the actual cred credentials and the reference information to the connector and facilitates that communication to your web API. Okay. Yep. Um, and with custom connectors, there are a few different ways that we can create these. And I know you'll be getting into this in some of the future sessions in more detail, but we have a built-in wizard-like experience, but we can also import directly from open API definitions. So either a file or directly from a URL. So it's really pretty easy and seamless to create one of these custom connectors if you're already using open API. And then if I already have my Web API sitting up in an Azure service, there's a preview to connect directly to that service. Yes, so that goes into the integration with Azure API management. So yeah. there's a native connector and integration with that. So if you're using that, you can just connect directly and it will export a connector for you from yeah. Azure API management hosted APIs. Cool. Yeah. And um, I thought I would show briefly just how easy it works. So yeah. you have an, an API, and I'm here in the Power Apps portal. So if I'm an end user and I want to be able to use this, all I did is I went into custom connectors as the developer of the API, and I registered a new connector. So I went to new custom connector. I said from an open API file that I already have exported, and it okay. kind of takes you through this process here. It gets all that information down and you can specify a name for your connector, description, um, the, the scheme and all of that. And then here on the definition, this is all of your actions for the API. So it's mm -hmm. going to automatically import that for you. If you need to override anything, we can do that here from this portal. We can even have built-in testing before we try to use this inside of an application to make sure it works. So we can do um, a simple test, test the operation, and it will return since I don't have an accept header, it's probably gonna come back, for example, with maybe like a, an error message here, letting me know what happened um, and if it worked or not, so I can do that built-in validation. Now, yeah. that's all I need to do as a pro dev. Now, if a citizen dev wants to come in and use this in an app, 
I'm, I have this app here, so I'm just going to open this in edit mode, and you'll see how easy it is to integrate the connector as an end user inside an application you're trying to build to extend it. So this is uh, an application for farm plant inventory management is really the purpose of this. So the API that we have um, kind of interfaces with our database to retrieve information about different plants. So if I want to use this, I just have to go up to the data source and do a search for that API, that custom connector. Add that in with one click. As you can see, we already have that API in there. Mm -hmm. and then now if I want to go into search, all I do is on this button, I'm going to have that call my API. I'm going to pass it in what I want to search for, and that's going to return the results for me. So I just had to do this very simple Excel-like formula as an end user. And now it's returning data. It's respecting all the security and everything um, that we put in place with their API, so we don't have to worry about that. And now I've just unlocked all these possibilities to be able to to search for something there. So it's, it's really pretty seamless. Wow. So now you could obviously build this app as a .NET app, whether it's a web app or WinForms or WPF or WinUI or Xamarin or Blazor or blah, 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 right? Um, you got the same web API that you would use for each of those. Here, you just register that API, create a connector for it, and then your low code slash citizen developers come in and make this app themselves. Or if you wanted to, you could build it yourself in the traditional way, right? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you have uh, the flexibility there where, yes, you can build it the traditional way, but by being able to have this as a connector available as well, you're just giving even more ways that we can kind of accomplish the same goal and more integrations possible. So if, if I was still in charge of building the UI, would I, when would I choose to build it as a power app versus just a regular UI that I'm used to? Is one easier than the other? I, I, obviously, if I build it entirely from scratch, I can do everything I can code. Um, but for like relatively straightforward apps, what's the sweet spot? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, this is going to be super user friendly. I mean, Power Apps, as you're seeing, I like to describe it as if PowerPoint and Excel had a baby because the interface is very PowerPoint-esque. I mean, you're just you're drag and dropping your controls in here for what you need. It's very seamless. The formulas are Excel-like. Um, so it's going to be really quick to, to build this. And the other thing that you got to keep in mind is I, I built this Power App right now, and you notice that it's running on my desktop. The same app would run seamlessly on my mobile device or my tablet. So I build one application once. I don't have to worry about targeting it for iOS and Android and mm -hmm. the desktop and all of that. I just build one user experience, and it works accordingly. So that saves a lot of time. Um, the other thing that you know to point out about Power Apps is, you know, this is a Canvas application. The intention of this being to be used within the firewall within your Microsoft 365 tenant. So, you know, a decision point where you might just go the custom route, the traditional way would be if it needs to be anonymous or external or something like that. But for those enterprise um, org specific application needs, mm -hmm. Power Apps is pretty hard to be in a sweet spot because it's just so fast to to build and to get something up and running. Right. So if I wanted to build one that uh, my wife and I would use, <laughs> I, I could do that. We've got 365 family. So does that give us, is that 
the equivalent of a tenant that we could use Power Apps in? Uh, yeah, the family doesn't, but what you can do is use the uh, Power Apps developer plan. So okay. you can, that's, yeah, that's a new plan there, and we can test and build all the Power Apps that we want there. Most in 365 plans, like the, the business premium and all the e-SKUs and all of that include a license for Power Apps. We actually have that myself, my husband and I, and I built a, an application of Power Apps to manage when he needs to mow the lawn and when he needs to water and all that. So like, we have actually did that. Okay. <laughs> with power apps. Yeah. Cool. 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 Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, there's other integration points too that I thought I'd point out. So this, that's a big one, you know, especially for .NET developers, just being able to consume your APIs in there and saving time. But there's a lot of other extension points that I don't want to point out. Let me just grab some, pull something up here real quick. Cause this is a great, um, slide here. And sorry for all the back and forth. There we go. So this kind of shows the whole scope. So besides custom connectors, what else can we do from a pro dev standpoint with the Power Platform and specifically Power Apps? So mm -hmm. with Power Apps, we can even integrate with things like IoT Edge. It has built-in mixed reality, which is pretty cool. So this is one of the things I did in a hackathon. It has a 3D viewer mixed reality control where you can place objects um, in mixed reality and even measure and do things like that. So we can um, have geospatial mapping, even integrate with the HoloLens, the applications that we build in Power Apps, again, without having to worry about a lot of heavy code, just very quick use. Mm -hmm. um, artificial intelligence, this is another good in integration point from a pro dev standpoint. Now, my Power Platform has some built-in kind of lightweight AI capability with some pre-built models. So there's going to be some extension points where that might not cut it. You might need to do something even more custom. So being able to integrate with Azure Cognitive Services easily um, and robotic process automation and even GitHub and uh, Power Apps Portals API management. There's just so many possibilities to be able to extend what we can natively do with the no-code, low-code mm -hmm. by integrating some professional development skills. Um, and the other great thing that I always like to bring up when we're talking about this, you know, oh man, this is just like another thing I have to learn then if I wanna start integrating or working with this. Well, it's really not because the way that the, the framework works or how everything works here is, is you can leverage the existing tools that you already know and just kind of plug and play into the Power Platform. So that stuff I was showing with the custom connectors, I really didn't need to do anything. I mean, I had to go um, export it. It's even easier if you're exporting from Azure API Management. Um, so I didn't have to do much there. I just used the existing tools I have to, to create and host my API. But um, another extension point that we can do is something called Power Apps Components. So you, when we're looking at that screen, you notice that we had a few built-in controls. Well, we have the ability to inject some proto like TypeScript and HTML and CSS, JavaScript, all of that, to be able to create custom controls. So if we need like a custom map widget or whatever it might be that's not natively there in Power Apps, we can use TypeScript like we're already using and be able to build that and integrate that within our apps. Mm -hmm. And there's built-in integrations with Visual Studio Code. We just released a VS Code extension for the Power Platform to help you be able to manage your source code for those Canvas apps and mm -hmm. manage from the administration side and all that. So just tools that you're already familiar with, we can use to, to integrate with that and the command line tooling and, and all of that's built in. And um, one thing I did want to point out is the underlying kind of data structure, like how this works, because Power yeah. Platform is a platform and it sets on something called Dataverse. 
And that's more than just a database that we can use to store data in the Power Platform. It's really facilitates all kinds of things, being able to do some standard data operations and transactional bulk stuff. That's where the, the assets that you create are stored. So those Power Apps that you store, whether you use Dataverse as the database to hold that or not, are stored in there. So we have built-in APIs to be able to consume information and do automated deployments and things like that within Dataverse. So it's even more powerful when you're integrating within that. Okay. Uh, and just, you know, Dataverse itself, the thing I always like to point out for the pro dev audience is that it actually runs on Azure and extends with Azure. So um, it has built-in integrations. You're able to extend it with Azure Functions, Event Hubs, Service Bus, Kubernetes, and it has support for with data flows for all different types of data to be able to pull data into Dataverse. So we can handle relational data like SQL, uh, non-relational data like Cosmos and all that. So it really is pretty robust and supports um, a lot of extensions. Right on. Yeah. So I think this would be probably a good place to stop for episode one. Um, it's been a, a great intro, and I think uh, people should at this point hopefully be itching to learn more. And again, we'll come back next week and uh, see how you actually build uh, some apps using the, the things that you just showed us. In the meantime, where can people go to learn more as um, so they get used to the, uh, get involved with this? Yes. Yeah, so we recently, um, a team here on the cloud obviously did a fusion development learning path on uh, Microsoft Learn. So if you go to aka.ms forward slash learn dash fusion dev, that's okay. a really great path walking you through the fusion development approach, how you can integrate custom connectors and all that. Right on. Thanks so much for, for, for this. I know we could talk for hours on the subject, but I think in 20 minutes, that was a really good overview. Thanks so much. And next week, we will start diving in. And then a couple weeks after that, we'll get really hardcore. So thanks so much, April. Yeah, thanks. It was fun. Hope you guys enjoyed that. And we will see you next time on Visual Studio Toolbox.